welcome to the latest edition of the Pro Security Podcast and what an edition it's going to be. Joining to the studio tonight, I've got uh, Adam, how are you doing? I'm, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Paul, how are you doing? Yeah, brilliant after last night. Yes, absolutely. Barry? Yeah, very well, thanks, Si. And then we've got four special guests. We've got the Supporters Club representatives. We've got Adam Conroy. How are you doing, Adam? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Long time listener, first time caller. Your childhood dream realised. It is. It's better than the FA Cup winners. <laughs> uh, Caroline, how are you doing? Welcome back. Hi, Simon. Hi, everyone. And then we've got two very special guests. First of all, we've got Dan Gardner. Dan, how are you? Not bad, Simon. Cheers. Good stuff. And we've got Callum Lang as well. How are you, Callum? Really good, thanks, yeah. All right, well, we're going to do- jump straight into the um, Bristol Rovers game. We'll have a, a chat about that because uh, it felt like a cup win for many of us last night and a real morale booster. Um, Possession-wise, quite even. They peppered us with shots, so the defence must have been doing something right. Uh, or the wind, it was a, a very blustery affair. Um, but the shots on target is where it matters. We had two shots on target and managed to convert those two shots. Two goals. Callum, talk us through yours. First one. Just a salmon at the back stick, really. Tried one against Rochdale and it didn't come off, so I had to try it again. Like, But uh, yeah, I think I need to add a few more headers to my game and I'll take that. I don't mind scoring a little header and it was a good to, to get us a goal. What was it like... When Bristol pegged us back, because obviously taking the lead, you know you're on a high, but to get pegged back again, what was it? What was the feeling like there from from you guys, uh, Dan and Callum? What was it? What was the mood like? What was what was Liam shouting at you? I think really it was a bit frustrating. Obviously, I think sometimes in the games when we've scored, we've conceded quite soon after, so it was a bit frustrating. But I think it was about the reaction, really. I think uh, sometimes when uh, we score, we don't get set quick enough, but I think the reaction last night was better and, most importantly, the, the three points. So um, it was all worth it in the end, really. That's it. And, you know, it's, it's a vital three points. It was um, it was almost like a, a, like I say, a cup final win. Wooten with the, well, virtually the last kick of the game, wasn't it? And the celebration said it all, didn't they, at, um, as that goal went in? all together, um, all fighting for the cause. Is that the general spirit within the camp at the moment, that the belief is there that you guys can pull us away from the the bottom end of the table? Yeah, most definitely. Um, we are a proper close-knit group, like Callum said. Um, so we just give our all everyday training. We're, we've been together a lot because of obviously the Saturday-Tuesday games. We've been travelling quite a bit, to be fair. I didn't get in till two o'clock this morning and I was up at seven with the kids, but you'll take that after after wins like last night. Like I was on the bench, so um all of I seen the whole game like from a from a good perspective. And like you said, with the um when they pegged it back, it is it is it's heartbreaking when you're on the pitch, but when you're when you're off the pitch, you you just have you just have to have that um belief that you you're gonna you're gonna score again. And I thought the lads dug in very very deep they give give their all like Callum was saying and he um he put in a great shift himself I think he, he ran like 12 over 12k which is which is usual for him he's always um putting a, a shift in and um yeah like you say it was great to get the the three points that we needed really really bad yeah it's it's a massive morale boost isn't it because obviously the next game coming up which we'll go into later on you're going against a team that's up at the top end, high-flying, free-scoring. We've got a really strong squad, to be fair. Um, the other day, you see you see players getting left off the squad, do you think? Obviously, really good players as well, so it shows how, how big the squad is. Now, I think just after last game, obviously, like we had Proch and Meza get injured, which was a... Which was a bit of a blow, but uh, hopefully we've got a we've got a good enough squad to recover from that because they're big players for us. But I think we've got a really strong squad, and I look at the squads around us in the league, and I think we're as good as any. So we just need to make sure we do our job on the pitch and keep working on the training pitch, and I'm sure we can do a good job. What was the coach on the way home last night like? Then was it a, a really bouncy atmosphere, or was it kind of get your head down? Yeah, it was. A long journey, Dan had his mix on, repeat for the whole way. So that was nice. 
Did you stop off anywhere on the way back? Did you call us a chippy or do you have the celebratory fish and chips and a bottle of dandelion and burdock? No, the chef cooked us a storm up. Um, he, he does it after every away trip. So um, he comes on and I think we had chicken chicken mash and a peppercorny type sauce. It was nice. So we have to give a shout out to the chef. Yeah. <laughs> you have potatoes <laughs> with that or chips? Uh, just some uh, chicken goujons after. Very nice. <laughs> under under Liam and Gregor now, what what's the what's the philosophy like? Obviously, we you know we've been used to Paul Cook for uh, a good number of years. Is it kind of same old philosophy, building on what was already there? Yeah, I think obviously, like I've worked with uh, Gregor a long time. He's he's helped me out massively as a player, and obviously Liam's worked with with Cook for a long time as well. So his philosophy is quite similar. But I think with the squad that we've got and. Um, We've had to use a lot of players. He was saying, I think we've used the most players in the league. The team's been changing quite a lot. So I think Liam's had a tough job, really, uh, trying to pick a formation and put his strongest side out every week. So it's, it's been changing, but hopefully when the results start coming and we can we can stick to something that's working. But at the minute, with injuries and COVID and everything else, it's, it's been quite tough to get a run of the same team or the same formation. And so... Everything's been quite stop-start and changing quite a lot, really. But I think uh, we've dealt with it quite well, to be fair. And one thing you mentioned there, injuries. Obviously, there has been a few this season. Dan, you you had um, you was out for a period of time, wasn't you, with an injury before prior to coming to Wigan? How much of a lifeline has it been for you? And it, I think first and foremost, you must just be glad to get back out playing the game that you love. Yeah, I've said previously, like it's just a blessing to be back, but to be back at a club where. That's such a big club. Everything around you is brilliant, like the stadium, the, the training facilities, the people there. I just have to thank Liam, really, for, for giving me the opportunity and, and believing in me. And are both you guys, and obviously the rest of the team, are you aware how much the club... I mean, Callum, you've come up through the academy and what have you, but are you aware how much this club actually means to the community and to the fans? Is it is it something that you can feel... For obviously, it's social media a lot of the time at the moment, but you know when we're back in that ground, it we may not have the most fans, but we'll make the most noise. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's that's something that's missed at the minute as well. I think that's something that would be a massive help, but we've got to deal with it. But um, no, obviously, know what it means. I think uh, going onto the pitch and doing your jobs a lot easier when you're all fighting for something. We know what we're fighting for. Uh, Obviously, the club means a lot to myself, being here since I was a kid. They give me an opportunity when no one else did. So I feel like I owe the club to put in solid performances and score as many goals as I can. So everyone in the dressing room, uh, we're all on the same page. We're all, um, we're all going away. We're all doing the right stuff to prepare for the next game. And we know how much it means to the fans and everyone at the club that we do our best and stay in this league and then push on again next year. So it's a tough time, but we need to soften the blow, really. Talking there about coming in as a kid, Callum, I remember you playing and, you know, we've been and watched the under-23s, under-18s a few times. And you reminded me of a young Nick Powell at times. You play with that sense of arrogance about, you you know, a little bit. I mean, it's called shit-housing, isn't it? That's the word that gets banded about. And, And you definitely had that edge to you. But and we was all waiting for you to break into the team, but you went out on loan and then you've come back. Uh, do you think your games changed slightly from them days? Yeah, I think I think maybe a bit. I think um, I played in a lot of different positions, really. So it's kind of being. I still don't really know what my best position is. Probably when I'm when I'm scoring, I'm like to say a striker. But when I'm not scoring enough, I'm probably saying a winger or something like that. So. I don't really know, but yeah, I think uh, obviously 18s and 21s, I was just really enjoying my football and I want to get back to a point with this club where it just feels like I'm I'm playing in the 18s again, just enjoying, loving playing on a Saturday. Talking about enjoying and playing and what have you, moving over to Dan, how much do you regret that goal you scored against us when you was at uh, Chesterfield? I don't really regret it that much because it was... <laughs> I'll, I'll give myself a bit of credit. It was a good goal, but he's ended up coming back and beating us, didn't you? So I'll uh, I'll take that one, yeah. <laughs> you sort of annoyed us with that one because you scored a, a worldie, didn't you? Yeah. We, we, did we go 2-0 up that game? We, we did, did, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Back to 3-2, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I remember it. You can, get it, you can get it on YouTube, that, Dan. And uh, it's it's got some famous Ash commentary in it as, as well. If you thought That's last it. night... If you thought last night was mad, then you should see the commentary <laughs> when, when we scored that 93rd minute winner at Chesterfield. The big difference that day, of course, was uh, there were some fans there as well. Which it was just, I mean, if there were fans there last night, it would have been absolutely unbelievable scenes at the yeah. end. Of it would but, have been... You- you would have been feeling exactly what I was feeling on the side. I remember I was warming up in the 93rd, 94th minute, whatever it was, and um, I was warming up with Alex Perry. And Pez was saying, come on, we might as well go back up now. We're not getting on. I said, no, we'll just wait. We might as well stay out now. And then <laughs> the next 10 seconds we scored and we just started going mad and running on the pitch. I was half on the pitch and half off thinking, can I go on, can I go on? And then everyone just come over and it was it was a great feeling to yeah, and Jamie Jones, speed of light as well. That was that was fast, that wasn't it? And getting over there as well. <laughs> yeah, that's the quickest he's moved all season, that eh? <laughs> I hope I hope he didn't pull an hamstring. <laughs> I tell you what, you need to uh, get Scotty Wooten to work on his celebration. He didn't know looked like he knew what to do when that uh, goal went in. But unfortunately, I had um, the BBC scores coming through, so it went. It, the score came through that we'd scored before it happened on TV. So it was a. Bit of an anti-climax for me, um, but a great results nevertheless. Calum, I just want to pick something up. A couple of weeks back, you scored an absolute worldie at the, uh, the DW, didn't you? It'd have been great to have been there. What, what's your favourite way of finishing? Are you, are you in the box or do you like finishing from outside the box or just wherever you can get the ball in the back of the net? Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll take any of them, however they come really, but I think my favourite and maybe a bit of a trademark's driving with it and maybe turning a man and, and uh, looking for the bottom corner, really. I think that's something I've always done as a kid, driving with the ball and shooting. And I think 18s, there was maybe a few more long-range ones that I want to add to my game, really. So I think I might try a few more of them and see where they go. Is there anyone that you'd say to our listeners to, to look out for coming through? Obviously, we know about Sean McGurk made headlines in, in the past. You know, we, we, a lot of us have watched him watched him play. Is there anyone else you'd say keep an eye out on? Because obviously Tello's done really well. Mary, Perry, Robinson at left-back, fantastic. Who, who would you guys tip as the, the next big one to, to come through? Um, already coming through or like in the youth team or...? In, in the youth team, because obviously we know quite a bit, don't we, about the ones that are, are on the fringes. Uh, but who, who would you tip as the next, the next big star? Well, you've already said Sean McGurk, but he's he's going to be special. He's he, he's probably the the very standout player for me. Like, but going on to the team now, I'd say Tello's going to be a a super super player. He's just got everything. His his feet are a, a joke. He's a big strong lad, and he's he's learning the game. He's only young. This is obviously his first season. Like a few of the other players with Mez and and Pez and people like that, but. Tello's got that special, he's got that special ability where he can just do something like with a click of a finger. So I'd say he'd be, be, one to, be the one to watch for me, yeah. Callum, let's push you for one. I'm going to say the same really, but I think um, who has to get a little mention as well as he hasn't broke in, but Scott Smith, I think uh, he was the skipper for the for the youth team and he, he's solid in training every day. He's, he's got a good application. He works hard and he's good with all the boys. And I think uh, if he gets his chance, then he could definitely do a, do a good job for the club. The club means a lot to him and he works hard with us and pushes and pushes us in training every day. And he, he's great to have around us. I'm going to bring in the, um, the supporters club guys just to see if they've got anything to, to ask you guys as well. Uh, Caroline, I'll come to you first. Yeah, I mean, as you were talking, Callum and Dan, I, th- I think what I was thinking was, despite all the challenges that are going on and the negative vibes around the press of Wigan Athletic, it sounds like you're a really close-knit team and it sounds like, you know, you, you really get on and uh, and things are, are positive even when they're negative from the outside. How do you manage to, you know, keep that up, it, you know? I'd say, I'd say Liam has instilled into us that, what we've got to do, what we, how we've got to, how we've got to carry ourselves and and stuff like that. And he, to be fair to him, he takes everything. He, he does absolutely everything. Like when we're not winning and stuff, he 
takes it. Um, he takes all the all the flat. When we when we win, he doesn't take any of the credit. So it's definitely down to Liam. Yeah, for me. I think as well with what Dan said before is obviously the Saturday Tuesdays we're with each other all the time and um, when we've had so many new lads coming in, the gaffer said to us that we haven't got no no time to be waiting around. Really, we need to we need to obviously gel quite quickly if we want to be getting results and. I think that does help when you when you're going over and you're traveling with the team and you're just with each other 24/7 really. So um, yeah, I think it's quite easy to to get on and we've got a good bunch, so it makes it even easier. Adam, anything you'd like to add to that? Adam Conroy, not Mr. Pendlebury. We'll have enough of you. Um, no, nothing, nothing really, other than sort of a similar question. Um, Obviously, we've, we've had some good performances like um, Oxford away, for example, uh, should have probably won or at least got, got a point. And then a few days later, we you know we lose 5-0 at home. How do you kind of pick yourselves up from that to then put in the same, like the level of performance that you put in against Lincoln? Um, it's, it's, I know it's a similar question, but you know we, we seem to be so up and down with our, our performances. How do you kind of pick yourselves up off the floor and go out and put in the two performances that you've put in? Uh, in the last two games and, and obviously had that performance against Lincoln and then the win last night? I think because, like like we said, the games are coming thick and fast and obviously we get our, our dusting down after after the 5-0 the loss. But um, it's, it's about sticking together at this time. Obviously, you know, the position we're in with the club and the takeover and stuff, but we've just got to block all that, all that out. It shouldn't really affect us. If you know what I mean, we should we just have to perform on the pitch and and when we don't, we get told what we've done wrong and then we just go into the next game, train hard um, leading up to the game, we get all the information and like you say, when we do when we do lose games like that, we just have to see what we've done wrong and and um, and eradicate it. So that's what Liam does does for us and and all the staff, Gregor and, and Frankie and. Adam Smith and it's just it's just about going again really we've got no time to be to be to be dwelling on stuff like like Langy said so it's it's all about the next game we've just got to take it game by game and that's what we've been doing I think as well um, obviously after the whole game we had a we had a bit of a big meeting as a team and one that Liam talks about us a lot is we don't have any time to be disappointed, really. No matter what happens in the last game, we've got to put that behind us and focus on the next because they're coming, they're coming quickly. So, um, yeah, and I think we sat down as a team and I think the staff left us to it for a bit afterwards. And like as lads, we, we, uh, we spoke as a team together and everyone kind of said their bit and... Everyone's on the same page. Obviously, that loss against Hull was disappointing, but we all spoke and we, we know what we need to do. And uh, hopefully there's there's not a loss like that again, really, because, because we all know how to stop that and, and how to deal with it better, maybe going a goal down. So I think we're definitely all on the same page now and we've had a conversation which has really benefited us. I, th- I think just going to recent performances where the recent performances have been good, but the results haven't quite been there, to then last night grab a result. We've seen it before. It can it turns around so fast and so comprehensively. I would, they were trying to stitch me up and make me ask, put the questions here. Are we staying up? But I, I'm not going to do that because I've been seeing them performances. I know I know that we're going to stay up, so that's not going to be a problem. I'll change the question. Callum, are you going to bag double figures this season then? Got five at Motherwell and then five here now. So <laughs> I'm going to call that double figures. But yeah, I think uh, scoring double figures for uh, for Wigan will be a lot more special. So hopefully, hopefully I can do that. Yeah. And I think uh, all the boys are putting a shift in. Um, everyone in the squad, everyone, everyone in the, the squad knows what we, we need to be doing. And then goes out there and puts 100% in on the training pitch in every game. So we know what we need to do and we've definitely got enough quality in the squad. Oh, definitely got enough quality. Yeah, could I could I just come in at this uh, juncture? I'll keep it quick tonight. I've only got 350 questions for the pair of you. So, uh, first one to uh, to Callum. Obviously, you've had, you've had a, 
a lot of experience now playing at sort of league League One level, and obviously last year as as well with you know the fan, fantastic cup run, um, obviously with Shrewsbury, which obviously got you a lot of coverage as well. Just wondering how um, how League One, the standard of League One compares to the Scottish League in terms of like what, what where, where you think they are in comparison to each other. I know you've played a number of positions, but I'm just thinking like the the standard of the centre backs in in the two leagues and how you found them. Yeah, I don't think uh, I've been asked that question by quite a lot of people. To be honest, everyone wants to know what it's like over there. But I think to be honest, for me, the Scottish league is like all the English leagues in one in a little mini league, basically. I think uh, one week you're playing Celtic or Rangers, who were top class teams obviously when I played against them couldn't really get near them to be honest and then the next playing someone at the bottom of the table who who obviously you're you're the team keeping the ball and they're chasing you so it's a bit uh it's a bit of a mad league really yeah but um I really enjoyed it over there I think uh, it was a really good experience going and playing for Motherwell and playing in Europe and stuff like that's a crazy opportunity that I couldn't uh, turn down, so no, I really enjoyed it there, and yeah, I think it's a it is a, it's a strong league. So, who's been your toughest? Then, would you say your toughest opponent? You know, in terms of uh, one of those defend old school kicking kicking you and that type of thing. You know, that you can get sometimes at this at this level. Who would you say is the the, the real tough guy that you've had to play against this season, or, or for that matter, when you were at Shrewsbury in Scotland? I think we played against Rangers and I played on the wing against. Tavernier and chasing him back the other way was a was a tough shift like and he's a he's a top class player so I think that was probably recently that was that was a shift that I remember where I come off the pitch and early spewing so, you know it was tough. Uh, just a quick question for Dan as well obviously I mean on this, on this, pod, on this podcast tonight you're one of the uh, clearly one of the younger members of this podcast but obviously <laughs> uh, within, within the squad Within the squad, you want to, I guess you're one of the more sort of elder statesmen within within the squad. I'm just wondering sort of how how you've sort of taken that role on, you know, in terms of did he, did young players sort of come and ask you for advice because of the kind of experiences that, that you've had over, over your career? Um, yeah, I do speak to the, I try helping the, the young lads, like you say, as much as I can if they ever need anything inside the, the training ground or off the field, I'd, I'd do anything for any of the young lads because I know what it's like when you're coming up as a as a young lad. It's hard. It's very hard. And I think every single one of them that have come in with us can hold their heads up high and say that they've, they've put, put something towards this this club this season. And it's it's just um, it's good to see, to be honest. It it makes you feel good. When you when you see one of the young lads step on the pitch and make the debut and stuff like that, and you see him after the game getting the shirt signed, so yeah, I do I do try and help the young lads a lot, and I feel like they are coming on on very good. Uh, I'd like to say something to you, uh, Dan and Callum, rather than ask you a question. I've been a supporter of the club all my life. I'm 62 now. My first game was in 1971 when we played Halifax Town in the FA Cup. Well, we've had some highs and some lows, but we've never had a low like this. And on the 1st of July, I thought I'd lost my football club. You've come in, and, and I'll be honest with you, you've done us proud. I, I can't speak highly enough of the commitment you've shown to a, a situation like this. And I think you've been, you've been fantastic. And it, it, it's killed us. It's killed the fans because I've spoke, I speak to a, a lot of people not being able to be at the ground to give you the support. Sometimes when things are going against the team on the field, it's the crowd that can make a difference. And we've not been there for you. And that's been as hard as anything. But I'd just like to say and take this opportunity to thank you both. And if you pass it on to the rest of the teams, we're not there with you, but we're there in your hearts. That's all I can say. And I just hope whatever happens this season, I don't care because you've done us proud. And I'd like to thank you for that. Cheers, that means a lot. And we will pass it on to the lads and make sure they know like what it means to the to the club and the fans, obviously. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Nice one. Thanks, Colin. Just before you guys get off, get a nice early night to get back into training, um, so that we can get on to Peterborough and smash them. What would be your 
you know, you guys individually, what's your message to the fans now with the, the running that's now coming up for the end of the season? What would you say to Sources fans? Just the continued support. Really, I think it's it's been nice to see how much support we've had. I know you've said about not being in the ground, but the amount of messages probably a lot of us get daily on Twitter, Instagram, everything. It's a, it's, it's a nice feeling and we know how much it means to to all the fans. So it, it is really nice and we can see the support. So um, we're going to keep working hard and it's a, it's a really family club and it's showing. And I think that's going to be one of the main things that, that helps us stay up and do well. So uh, we really appreciate the support and just, just keep it up and we'll keep fighting. Yeah, I have to agree with Carl. Just, just stick with us and keep, keep the positivity that, that they have been doing all season with myself and the club, all the players. You are the ones that are driving us on and, and making us want to do extra more than, than we are doing for, for the club. So just keep the positivity and hopefully we can, we can repay us. As Barry said, we're all with you. We may not be there, but we're all with you. And uh, keep up the good work. And I suppose the only other thing to say to that is up the ticks. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you. Hopefully, towards the end of the season, when we're we're safe, maybe we can still push the playoffs. We're getting a good run now. Sky's <laughs> the limit. But no, from you know, us and all the fans, keep up the good work. Just keep plugging away, and we're all here. And we'll get back into the ground and be singing uh, "Langi's on fire." Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for that. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers, Dan. Cheers, guys. See you later. Cheers, Dan. Thank Cheers, you. Colin. Right, brilliant from the players, that. And uh, thanks, Sai, for, for leading that one. Uh, we've got other guests in, with us this evening, and I would like to bring them in now. Caroline and Adam from the Supporters Club. And I, I was just wondering, Caroline, if you could just start us off. Everybody's excited, obviously, about us being taken over, if it's going to happen. And on the same side of things, people are, are kind of worried if it doesn't happen. So is there anything you could give us to update or where we are at the moment, please? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd just like to say before I start that um, I, I was welling up a little bit. I can say welling up, can't I? You always say, don't you say you've got dust in your eye? But yeah, I was welling up a little bit there at the end with Callum. Uh, particularly um, talking about the team spirit and how Liam is, you know, working really hard to galvanise the troops. It's just, it, it is fantastic. And we forget, don't we, that they're working on what the pressure they're working under. And do you see the negativity on social media? It, it's just not, it's, you know, it's, you, this, it just shouldn't be happening at all. So, um, yeah, brilliant. It was brilliant to hear from them. Um, just in terms of what we're doing, I mean, um, we wanted to talk football tonight, you know that, Barry. Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> we're do. first and we're first and foremost football fans, Wigan fans. Um, but I mean, there's not a lot we can say uh, in terms of what's happening because it genuinely is that it's all just ongoing. But um, we're still working very hard. We're working uh, every day, and it, it is true that we we get regular updates from uh, the administrators and um, and the EFL as well, and. It is positive. You know, things, when I say it's positive, there's nothing negative coming out of there. So um, what I can say is we we remain really optimistic um, that something's going to happen in the next week, two, three. You know, again, we we can't put a timescale on on anything because we're not in control of that. Um, As far as the supporters' solution and the supporters' you know, the, the funds, they're still obviously in escrow with crowdfunder and Stripe. And we want to say thank you to them, really, because um, the the situation we're in, we're, we're passing six months now since we um, we raised that second crowdfunder. Um, and, I, you know, I just remind myself that they, they didn't take any official fees from that at all. You know, they didn't take any commission, but they're still working with us to make sure that is that money secure and there if we need it. So, so that's fantastic. But the the local solution still remains an emergency option, you know, and that, that's exactly what it is. It's an emergency option so that Wigan will, will never be liquidated. Um, the, the thing is, we hear people say, well, why can't we just buy it then, take it out of administration? We raised... 
eight over eight hundred thousand pounds. Of course, it's more like five to seven million to buy Wigan Athletic. So, you know, there's still a way to go. We've we've got um, we've got plans in theory if we need them of of where we could get to. Um, but at the minute, obviously, we're hoping that someone will come along with uh, enough money to secure the future for for a long term period. Um, so we don't we're not taking the supporter solution any further until it's really necessary. Um, we, we're ready to push things as soon as it's needed, and, and we're still working every day. Every day, there's something to do with the the football, the takeover, the crowdfunder, something that we have to. Uh, communicate on or, or anything like that. And, and just like Callum said, we're a strong team as well. I'll bring Adam in at, at that point, <laughs> you know, and say we're working really hard together. Uh, and, you know, thank you to you guys and uh, everybody, you know, all the other people that are giving us support in the background. Um, it, it's 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 a, a network of people that's um, still supporting what's going on. I don't know if you want to add to what I've said there, Adam. Yeah, um, like you say, we'd you know we'd love to be able to to come out every every day or every week and and give everyone the full sort of SP as to what's going on, but we we just can't do that um, in terms of you know like Caroline's mentioned on here before that there is the NDA in place with the admins, um, so we obviously can't discuss too much on that. And the majority of you know if we do speak to any potential buyers, it's usually in terms of they want to keep their um, sells private. They want to keep you know confidentiality, so we can't can't go out and discuss who they are. It's frustrating. Uh, I'd love to be able to, you know, people messages. You'd love to be able to give them straight answers rather than you know no comment or or completely dance around the question. But that's probably been the, the hardest part. I think not being able to to kind of tell everyone. Um, I understand everyone's frustrations, but it is a case of you know when we can tell you something, we we always do. Um, it may be the day after the admins have released something and we get criticised for that. But of course, we've got to make sure that, you know, it's, it's what we're putting out is is correct and, and ticks all the right boxes. So we run it through the legal team that we've had before we, we put it out. So when people, you know, criticise that it's a day late or two days later, then, you know, that's usually the reason why we've got to make sure our statement says what it can. Um, what it can say legally as well as there's as much info. Yes, I mean sometimes you you know fans are, are are really frustrated, but I think we've got to appreciate what you've just said there, Adam, about yourselves being frustrated. Not only about you know what's happening, but the fact that you can't disclose information to people, and it you know, and and that must be difficult as well to, to do that. It must be di- difficult for you to handle, and it's not a process that's been going on two or three weeks. This is it. It's been going on seven seven months now. I mean, what you've got to consider is is sometimes giving information for information's sake actually causes issues, causes problems. You know, um, the, there is no point in us putting a statement out if there's no news. And simply, we're working, you know, behind the scenes just to keep updated on what's going on. And as long as we're hearing vibes that are positive, um, then there's no reason for us to step in or, you know, push, for example, the local solution. So in lots of cases, no news is good news um, at the moment. Um, but there's lots of things that we're not in control of, the supporters are not in control of. So we've just got to trust, for example, that the EFL processes, you know, are necessary and, and being done for the good of the football club. Yeah, so you've, you've spoken about that and, and we know the administrators have as well and said that there are parties uh, with the EFL at the moment. So that, that that is correct, is it? And the EFL are running checks. Yeah, yeah, that, that's exactly correct, yeah. Right, good. How long is it since the Spanish pulled out now? About four weeks, five weeks? Oh, they were booted out, weren't they? About five More than weeks. that, is it? I see Adam shaking think- his head. He's probably got it down to hours, Adam. It was Christmas week, I think, weren't it? Was it not Christmas? Christmas New Year time? It was It was in January, weren't it? It was first week in January, I think it was. So so it's not... What I'm trying to say is that I've, I've seen people mention the fact that Sunderland's been taken over quickly, you know, as though it's been done in a matter of two or three weeks. But the the the, the guy there was... It was December, weren't it, when he first started to get involved with the process. So it does take time 
it does take time to go through and it and I, I know it's difficult but it, it's about being patient and uh, obviously I, i'm sure if there was anything unto our going on you would be screaming from the rooftops about it yeah, I think I think we all want them to get this right, don't we? Um, and it, and if that means that they take two or three weeks longer than than they would normally take, then fair enough. They've got to get this right for um, you know everyone involved. Um, so it will take time, and they, they will get to the the right decision. I think. Adam, did you want to say anything? Yeah, I was just thinking. I was just saying that obviously we've talked. Caroline's talked quite a bit about the EFL. It's is that sort of dialogue still there? Last time you were on, you were saying that um, you were quite complimentary, really, about sort of the team at the EFL, um, particularly Nick Craig in the league legal. Is that dialogue still? Is it still there at the moment? Is it is it a constant dialogue with the with with the EFL, or are you getting it sort of secondhand through the administrators at the moment? No, not at all. Um, it's still a first-hand dialogue with the EFL, at least on a weekly basis. Um, and, you know, I, I think that's a positive thing that the um, the supporters club have been able to do. And it's, it's, it's thanks to the people that we've sort of built up re- relationships with, like the FSA, um, that they've put us in touch with those people. And... The other thing is, you know, it's it's all about the confidentiality. And the fact is that if if we if we came out and said every week what the what the EFL were talking about and what they were doing and disclosing that information, they wouldn't actually have that dialogue with us, you know. And it's really important that someone is representing the fans. And I know that people say, well, why can't you immediately tell us? Because there's lots of legal processes going on in this, you know. Uh, people are being vetted, at, you know, people are being vetted for their suitability to buy a football club. So legal processes have to be done. And, um, you know, we are in it, we're, we're very privileged and, and humbled that we're able to do that. When you look at the likes of Berry and, and speaking to people from Sunderland recently, it's not been the case that supporters have had that insight. So, you know, it, it's definitely a positive thing. So yes, we, we we're speaking to both administrators, EFL on a regular basis, and we we continue to have those supporters in terms of Lisa, Lisa Nandy, the council um, are also still you know very keen to see uh, something done in a timely fashion. Um, and Adam mentioned our legal team before. You know, if you'd have said to me twelve months ago that Wigan Athletic Supporters Club will require a specialist sports lawyer on the end of the phone, uh, you know, I, I can ring, I can ring him now, my, our lawyer, and, and, you know, he will give us really good advice on anything needed. And it's been absolutely inv- invaluable um, because that, that's what we've needed. We've needed to source that advice and it's been, it's been really, really useful. So um, without the crowdfunder, the first crowdfunder, we wouldn't have been able to even do that. So, um, you know, uh, and without the membership, uh, of, of people joining us over the last 12 months. So we want to thank the fans for their support uh, for allowing us to um, to be able to do all that. Yeah, so basically everybody has got a stake in it, haven't they, in terms of, you know, the, any all members have got a stake and obviously people who obviously did the first crowdfunder, which was, that was remarkable in itself, wasn't it? The mm-hmm. that, How quickly that, because we, we had to get through the season, didn't we? But all the other the other bits and pieces that we've been able to do with that as well. So, yeah. So obviously, it's it's great that they, you know in that respect that we've all we've all come together. And um, and you know not not forgetting that if we um, if we are not if we don't need to save the football club and somebody comes in and buys it in the next few weeks, whatever happens, <laughs> that first crowdfunder comes back to the supporters. You know, if if we have to, if we refund, as we said, we would if we don't need that second crowdfunder, the first one comes back and we will, you know, we will use that that first crowdfunder in a really positive way. And we'll speak to the fans and, you know, the, the people who donated to that first crowdfunder to see what is best to do with that. You know, so th- there's so many positives at the end of all this. 
um, once our football club is saved and once it's secure. There you go. There's my optimism. Well, thank you, Caroline, for uh, being a guest tonight, as I've just said. And uh, I'm sorry you can't stay for the Peterborough preview, but Adam is going to do and give us his prediction. What's Just give us a quick prediction for the score before you leave us on Saturday. Me? Oh, dear. Uh, I don't like doing this because it never comes true, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I think it's going to be 1-0. I think we're going to win 1-0. We'll sneak it. Thanks very that. much, everybody. Thank you. Cheers, Caroline. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Caroline. Right then, so yes, Peterborough, um, sandwich all the good news and all the positive vibes in between two games, and we're travelling down to high-flying, free-scoring Peterborough, and I'm going to come straight back to you, Barry, because we've got ref watch. Tom Bramall is the referee for the game at Peterborough on Saturday. Uh, He's been a a national list referee since the 2018-19 season he suffered a serious ACL injury in pre-season of 1920 and ended up being out for seven months he came back in February and obviously we went into lockdown in March so he only got five games in previously he's refereed both the Latics and Peterborough this campaign our opening league game away at Ipswich which we lost 2-0 and Posh's 2-0 defeat away at Crewe card watch He's got 23 games, 53 yellows, four reds, and he's awarded three penalties. Tom Bramall. Let's hope he's anonymous in the game. Adam, over to you for our Adam Ass section. Yes, so tonight we've got uh, making his second appearance on the podcast after a very successful first appearance is Colin Hopkins. Hi, this is Colin Hopkins, season ticket holder at Peterborough United, for what it's worth. Um, At the moment, enjoying the season so far. I'm pretty confident that we're going to gain promotion this season. Um, I'm recording this just after we've won 3-0 away at Plymouth Argyle. Another fantastic away performance, coupled with Lincoln drawing at home. We've gone top of the league, so... Yes, I am confident we're going to get promotion and I do think we will finish top two. But Lincoln are a good side and looking at our fixtures, our last three fixtures are two against Doncaster and Lincoln. So it's a tough end to the season. Uh, With regards to um, Clark Harris, he has come in and he has filled the gap that Ivan Tony left. So a question is, are we going to keep him at the end of the season? I think that Darren McAntony is a very shrewd businessman. He's tied him up on a contract, I think, three years. And he's also not a quick salesman of our good assets. So I think I think we'll go up. But if we don't go up, I think we'd still keep him because he realises the value would go up season on season. And looking at his previous seasons, he hasn't had prolific seasons in the past. Um, he's quite injury prone, so he is quite a gamble. Uh, luckily, the gamble's paid off for us this year so far. Looking at the players you need to be very aware of, Sariki Dembele on his day is unplayable. It just depends which Sariki Dembele turns up on the day. But we've also got a very good spine. Um, Beavers is having an excellent season. Nathan Thompson is superb just about every single game he plays. Jack Taylor, Reese Brown in the middle of the park. And then obviously our front three are playing really well. Schmodix has hit form. He was awful at the beginning of the season, but he's I think he scored seven in his last seven. Um, so we've got a lot of players to be wary of. With regards to the teams that I think will go up, I've already stated I think that we'll go up. And I also think Lincoln will go up in the automatic promotion place. And I think then Sunderland will go up through the playoffs. They've just been bought out. They've got a billionaire owner, as I understand it, 24-year-old billionaire. What's going on there? Um, So I think Sunderland will pick up the last place through the playoffs. Now, with regards to which teams go down... Having a look at the bottom of the table, I I think Burton are doomed. I think Northampton will go down. And then I think Rochdale and Swindon. Genuinely, and I'm not saying it because I'm on a uh, a Wigan 
podcast. I genuinely hope Wigan stay up because I like the cut of the jib there. Um, good team, good history. Um, I'd love to see the Wobblers Northampton go down. But there's a lot of teams within three or four points at the bottom. Um, I noticed you, you, you won tonight, um, a late goal, I think. I think you're still in the bottom four, but I do think, obviously, after you lose on Saturday, I think you'll have a good run-in, and I hope you have a good run-in. So with regards to the score prediction, I think it will be 3-0 to Posh. It will be a nervy game, and once we get the first goal, then it will mean that Wigan will have to open up a little bit, and then we'll just pick you off after that. Best of luck for the rest of the season, and... Hope that we don't see you next year because we'll be promoted. Well, he uh, seems very, very confident, um, Mr Hopkins does. Um, to be fair, he said a lot of nice things about us and he hopes that we do well and he and he thinks we will stay up. Uh, but he's also gone for a 3-0 Peterborough win on uh, Saturday. And it sounds quite frightening at the moment when when he's talking about Clark Harris and that he he's scoring the goals, but he's not necessarily being the best player either. So <laughs> it, it's still looking positive for Peterborough. Uh, he thinks they'll get promoted. And to be honest, I wouldn't mind if they did get promoted, you know, to be honest. Um, give give them and Lincoln, give them to a, a shot back in the championship. Well, previously we've played Peterborough 20 times, one ten, drawn seven and lost three. Last time out was on the 20th of October 2020 at home, and it was a 1-0 defeat. Last time at Peterborough was the 23rd of September 2017. I was there that day when Peterborough beat us 3-2. Peterborough are currently the highest scorers in the league with 49 goals from 29 games and scored 13 in the last five games. And as Adam mentioned, and as our guest Colin Hopkins mentioned, Top scorer Clark Harris has scored 19 goals. The form, well, they, they light up the form table with five greens. They've got five wins. And the last nine league games, they've won eight and lost one at Doncaster. Well, we'll come to our guests first for uh, how, you, how you see the game going on, uh, on Saturday. Throw me in at the deep end. Um... It's a it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, obviously, uh, with Lincoln drawing last night, they've, they've gone top of the table, so it's another sort of daunting trip. Um, it, they've been up there the last couple of seasons, haven't they? Uh, but I think they were the team last year that um, would be sort of third or fourth in the table, had a few games in hand, uh, and then ended up finishing seventh on points per game. So didn't even didn't even make the playoffs. I think Wickham obviously jumped above them, didn't he? Because Wickham was like eighth or ninth at the time and jumped above them. Um, so I think at the start of the season, they probably thought they were going to go up. Um, and they've, they've certainly looked like they might do the way they're playing. I think with us, it all depends on how we back up from last night. Uh, you know, as I said earlier, we, we normally put a couple of good performances in and then there's always a a sort of iffy display, which is to be expected, really. You know, we've we've got a bunch of young lads in there. We've not got too too much rotation that, that we can we can make with injuries and, and obviously the young lads. So I think it depends on how we we back up um, from last night. Really, I think if we play like we have done in the last two games, I don't see any reason why we can't we can't push them. And if we if we can sort of hang with them for an hour or so, why not pinch it? Um, I'm not be as optimistic as Caroline, but I'll, I'll go with a draw. I'll go with one all. Would you would you make any changes to starting lineup at all? Um, no, unless of course the forced with with injuries and stuff. I think the one thing we've missed um, throughout all this is being able to put the same eleven out. You know the, the partnerships in in midfield, partnerships in defence, and, and what have you. Uh, we've not been able to kind of um, put them together and keep them going, have we? Really, it's been chop and change every week. So, provided everyone's fit and everyone's ready to go, yeah, I'd, I'd keep the same 11, I think. Fair enough. Paul, how do you see the game going on Saturday? Oh, I, th- I think what they'll do is they'll take a lift from last night. Um, I think they'll, go, they'll get a point. I'll go one apiece and I'll keep it dead quick because it's a long run. Barry, what about yourself? Um, 
And are you going to play your wild card in your prediction league? Well, you have to, really, don't you? I do. It's the last game of the month, so I'll be playing that. Um, I mean, normally, I'd, I'd sort of think that Peterborough would win the game 3-1, but seeing as we've had two Latics players on the podcast tonight and I've fallen in love, especially with Dan Gardner, what a character. I thought, for a moment, I thought we had Dave Best sat, sat with us and I was wondering where Denise was. So I, I've got to give him a little bit of uh, positivity. And the other thing is, uh, it's so difficult to get six in a row. I mean, you see loads of clubs going for the sixth straight win. You see loads of clubs going for the sixth straight defeat. And, and it's so difficult to complete that. Six of L's, D's or W's. So I don't think they're going to do it. I'm with Adam. I'm going to go with a one-all draw. And finally, I'll come to Mr Pendlebury, and we know it's going to be a Latics win. It's just what score are you going to go for this weekend? Yeah, well, I think Barry's general rule, I think I agree with him, apart from Man City, who've gone on for about 76 consecutive wins. But yeah, I know what you mean in general terms. Um, I actually do think we'll go down there and win, uh, but I do think we need to make probably at least one change. I think we need to beef our midfield up a bit. If Mary Mary doesn't look like he's going to be fit, so go have a get Dan Gardner or um, uh, Perry in midfield and take out one of the forward players. Just just think that last night uh, against Bristol Rovers, they've not got the quality that Peterborough have. So I think I think there might be one change. But I do agree with Adam about get as much continuity as we can. I think this would be the third game if we don't change the back four, which is you know you need to get them partnerships. Yeah, I, I, I can't see him touching us if we play to the best of our ability. So I'm going to go completely against Colin Hopkins and I'm going to go for a 3-0 Wigan win. I'll tell you what, mate, whatever you're on, send some this way. <laughs> right then, has anyone got anything they'd like to bring to the table before we wrap up this week's episode? Uh, just a massive thank you to uh, Latics Official for supplying us with uh, a temporary loan of Callum Lang and, and Dan Gardner. And uh, a massive thank you to the Wigan Athletic Supporters Club for supplying us with a temporary loan of Adam Conroy and Caroline Molyneux. Okay, then. Well, we are back in the studio on Sunday. We'll be reviewing the game against Peterborough. It's Barry and myself who will be in, and we'll be looking forward to the game at Chelsea. And who knows, we may even be able to discuss a better statement from the administrators when it comes out on Friday. Without further ado, it is a goodbye from me. 